You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. I hope you all are doing well. Brian, what is up, my friend? Jake, it's a great day in America. I get to podcast with you. We're starting off Tuesday the right way. Couldn't be better. Hey, I, I'm with you on that. We got a lot to get to on today's show. We're going to begin. Uh, what, what are we going to term these, Brian? Are we going to call them position previews? Are we going to talk uh, position reviews? I don't know how to term it. How do you want to term it? Yeah, the review for the preview. I like that. Okay. I, so we're going to talk about Utah's defensive end unit. And obviously, in Utah's defense, these guys are your sack artists. These guys are supposed to bring the pressure off the edge. And there are a number of guys on this roster for Utah we'll dig into on today's podcast. going to be a fun show. I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of names that Utah fans will want to know about guys in this unit. Uh, some of the guys who have established themselves, obviously, but other guys who are up-and-comers. So we'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. Brian, who's bringing us today's podcast today's podcast is brought to you by built bar the official sponsor of jake hatch and brian brown true story uh they're also brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag and our good friends over at rock auto we'll tell you about all those great companies as today's podcast rolls on brian what do you say should we get going here no time like the present because the present is a gift. Absolutely. Let's do this thing. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for January 26th, 2021. Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah and by the way, Brian, I'm Jake. That's Brian. We work at the Zone Sports Network together. I think we need to remind people, we are your only daily Utah podcast. We are with you guys Monday through Friday, a new podcast every single day. Uh, as we've said in the past, we want to be everybody's one-stop shop for all the Utah news they need to know about each and every day. We love podcasting so much that we rarely stay within the boundaries set to us by the podcast network. So we're actually even providing you with more coverage of the Utah sports that you love and hey, follow. Shh, don't, don't, don't <laughs> give that up. We don't want certain people coming down and hammering us on that, but nonetheless, we're having a lot of fun. So make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of this show. We, we like to have a lot of fun. We're talking Utah all the time and getting going on today's show, Brian, uh, let's talk. Uh, we're going to call them. We're going to call them our review previews. Are we going to, that what we're going to call it. Yeah, we're going to review what's there and preview what, what might happen with them. There's, uh, We're kind of – signing day is mostly over for the University of Utah, so we have a pretty solid idea of what the roster is going to look like. I think the biggest thing is breaking down who might still be there. You know, five games last year, you didn't get to see everybody. You're still kind of getting used to it. And then we'll project how how – the roster, how each position group on the roster might look as they enter into spring ball and then eventually into the fall season. So today we're going to start off uh, these position review previews with the defensive end unit. And this is a unit, Brian, that has become a glamour position in Utah's defense. Uh, Kyle Whittingham used to run that 4-3, and then he kind of morphed it to, uh, to be a what, – what, when Trevor Riley was running it, I like to call it kind of a hybrid 3-4, 4-3 alignment because – 
Riley rarely uh, would have one position or the other. He'd always be standing up or have his hand in the ground. He'd do it all. And now it's metamorphosized again into a, a true 4-2-5 defense. And what Kyle Whittingham and what Morgan Scally, this defense require from this defensive end unit, they require them, they have to get after the quarterback. They have to bring that pressure off the edge and force opposing quarterbacks to get rid of the ball early because it's a big key to Utah's success on defense is having that pressure off the edge foundation of every Kyle Whittingham defense the art the original architect Fred Whittingham was pressure and lots of pressure on the outside to 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 keep the corners you know up and pressed up against the wide receivers they've had to make some adjustments in the years and we've seen that the way that they bring pressure has altered a lot there's a lot more zone blitzing you're asking a lot more of your defensive ends because you're dropping him into coverage a lot we saw Bradley and I really have some success because he was such a focal point for the offensive line. And when he would drop off the ball and drop into a shallow zone, usually to the boundary side. Now, if we're talking about sides, field side is the wide side of the field. Boundary is the short, just a quick review. Um, When he would drop into that boundary side and and the sideline, it would usually force the pressure from the field side and they would bring in a variety of factors. And so what Utah's really done with their defensive end positions, they've forced them to be multiple. Yeah. That's and actually, it really did point. start yeah. with Tyler. Yeah. It really did start with uh, Trevor Riley. Yeah. And that, that's the thing about the, these defensive ends, I, Bradley and I, I think is kind of the epitome of what Utah's defensive ends have been now playing with the Dallas Cowboys doing great things in the NFL, but on this roster this year for defensive ends for Utah, I look at the roster and I see a number of guys listed as defensive ends who are all, a lot of them underclassmen, a lot of freshmen in that in that group. There are, of course, the upperclassmen. Mika Tafua is kind of the headliner of this unit. Maxis Tupai, I think, is another guy that people will remember right off the top. So, Brian, let's start off with those quote-unquote headliners. Let's talk about Mika Tafua, Maxis Tupai. Uh, I don't know, does Devin Kafusi fit into that, this in this category, do you think? I think you have to put him there at least for part of the discussion. He's really evolved into a, a multiple guy for the University of Utah. We saw him a lot at the nose. Not I don't want to say nose, but a defensive tackle. So an inside technique sure. during past situations. And I think his size, his length gives Utah a lot of options, especially when they want to do stunts and twists. And And that's where, as you look at this roster, they've really done a good job of getting that kind of length almost across the board. Uh, Devin Cavusi, I would absolutely classify as a defensive end, true you know, position area. Yeah. But, but as you talked about, as Utah's decided to move their front around a little bit more and, and be more versatile with how they use their fronts, you know, they used to be just a true even front, <laughs> one technique and a three technique. And yeah. now they've really adapted that and, and changed it. And, and, So Devin, I think if you're talking about him, he has that versatility to play all around, but his skill set and what they need from him the most is that rush. And so we're going to see a lot of that out of the defensive end position. And also as he showcased early on in the season, his ability to drop into coverage as well. Well, and I think that kind of funny enough, uh, you know me, I, I cover BYU as well for the Locked On Podcast Network. And the what? Ca- I know, shocking. No, the Kafusi brothers during their time at BYU, well, they, the, all of them have done it. Uh, Bronson did it. Uh, 
I, funny enough, Corbin Kafusi might have been the best at it that I have seen of the Kafusi brothers so far in his career, despite being six foot ten or whatever he is. But the, the the crazy thing is, I think Devin, you're right. His ability to play different positions along that defensive line. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not surprised to see Utah anymore lining up with wide nine technique defensive ends. And funny enough, the, the defensive tackles like a Devin Kafusi moving inside on a third down, playing an outside three technique and bringing the rush from the edges. It's not surprising anymore. It really isn't. And, and I think that's part of what Utah's really focused on when they are recruiting these guys is, is, in two areas, I think they've really gone after length, both at the defensive end position and at the offensive tackle position. I think their philosophy is that if we get longer, bigger bodies, if you gain weight, we can always move you inside to play defensive tackle. And now they've adapted their scheme to where they can do it as well. And we're seeing, you know, I think that's Devin Kafusi is an, an interesting acquisition because I don't think there's anybody on the, t- on the roster outside of maybe one or two guys that have his kind of wingspan. Six foot seven, man. It's hard to recreate that. There's no doubt about that. And Yeah, and, and what he doesn't do in terms of how he moves on the field, he can really make up for with, with that wingspan and that arm length. And they used it really effectively against USC initially. That game, I think if you'd had the offense developed to the point where it was midseason or end of the season, I guess, five games feel so short. Yeah. Um, that, I think the outcome for that game is very, very different, right? You would think so. I, I think you would go back and say, okay, it's probably a different looking type of a game at, at bare minimum with regards to that. So I think that you, you already know what you're getting from Mika Tafu. I think we already know what we're getting from Max's Tupai, but I want to examine some of the other guys on this roster. And there's one, Brian, that you sent me the film to. Uh, and I have to say, I, you, you probably heard me yelp a little bit after the first or second play on this young man's uh, highlight reel. And we'll dig into more of the these guys who we wanted to highlight from this defensive end unit, kind of those up-and-comers. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, we do need to take a minute today and talk about our good friends at betonline.ag. Brian, uh, you and I, we're obviously, we work in the sports realm. A lot of people out there, and actually funny, I've had a question asked me yesterday with regards to uh, sports betting. and said, Jake, do you get into this all that much? And I said, I'm getting more and more into it, but we want to encourage everybody. If you want to get in on the action, do it with Bet Online. It's an easy login. It's an easy setup and sign up. You make your first deposit. They're going to give you a, a bonus for just doing it, and they'll take care of everything else for you. <clears throat> Jake, we can call it Skittles if we want. Sure. To adopt a, a, a term from our, our, our station dad, Scotty G. Yep. Uh, tonight was a good night for me, or I should say, Yesterday was a good night for me in terms of Skittles. I, I got about 45 extra Skittles after uh, taking a, a little wager on Denver. And and so okay. that was an easy one, you know, because I've I've seen enough of Denver lately to know that they were a point and a half favorite against the Mavericks. And, mm-hmm. and in my world, that's not nearly enough. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's the great part of it, right? It, sure. If you're sitting at home, sometimes flipping through the channels, maybe you're not that interested in the game that's going on but you give yourself a little bit of a rooting interest on one side or the other. Now you're getting emotional. You've got a little attachment to it and it's just good fun. Yeah, so want to tell you guys, go to betonline.ag, sign up for that free account, but when you use the promo code locked on and making your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. 
A lot of sports books out there, Brian, are more than happy to take your money. Very few are willing to give money back to you, but betonline.ag is willing to do that. Use the promo code locked on, get that 50% welcome bonus. All you got to do is go to betonline.ag and sign up for that account now. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brian, this defensive end group, uh, just me looking at the roster, the names that are listed on this roster just for defensive ends alone is a who's who of of Utah's recruiting class over the past three or four years, I feel like. Uh, There are guys that I have tracked for a long time working with the Locked On Cougars podcast and just working in my everyday job with the Zone Sports Network that I just look at and say, man, I forgot that guy was even on Utah's roster. That's how stacked it feels like this unit is. So who are some of the names I think Utah fans will want to be aware of going into spring ball as they try and kind of establish their own themselves in the pecking order? I think the most unique question is who are going to be the starters going into spring. And I think you already mentioned Mika Tafua uh, and Max Tupai as two of the most notable names. And I don't think there's anyone on the roster currently that can challenge Mika. We saw him in the Colorado game as he started to turn the quarter, both literally and figuratively in that game where he started to use his arm bar and he started to use you know, his bend and his technique to a point to where he was really getting around uh, the the tackles and the edges in in an effective manner and creating a lot of pressure just on his own. And that's something that I think Utah really needs to get going into next year. The question will be what happens with Max Tupai. He took some time off last spring uh, for personal reasons, came back, played, played in every game in the fall, didn't have the same injury issues that he'd had the year before, uh, wasn't uber productive, but the part about Tupai is that he is so special in terms of the gifts that he has. Once he gets inside on an offensive lineman's chest, it's game over. Yeah. They're not going to start the stop the raging bull when he's got his horns pinned into you. And, and so that's where he can be used effectively. But what I think will happen with Max is, is that you can use him a little bit more on the inside and, and passing downs. You can use him a little bit more to create lanes on your stunts and your techniques for players like Van Fillinger mm-hmm. and Junior Tafuna, guys who have that more uh, kind of leaner bend and, and build and, and are kind of made to make those turnarounds and, and come around on the pressure. And so I think that's where Utah's really going to show some unique looks is, is who how they'll mix and match personnel and what they'll do in those situational moments where they can create some pressure. Yeah, so I, I want to talk a little bit about Van Fillinger. I think guys like Xavier Carlton are also uh, guys that Utah fans are looking forward to see, finally seeing on the film, seeing on, on the field, not the film. I guess film and field, I guess, if we're being honest about it. They want to see these guys start to really show what they can do. I, I'm a guy, I cover high school football pretty extensively. Van Fillinger is one of the best defensive line prospects I have seen in this state in some time. And there have been plenty of good ones who have come through here. But I have to say, I'm very, very excited to see that young man finally get, I guess, a full season's worth of work to see what he can do. He, He got a lot of time this year for a true freshman. And I think it was a good introduction to what it is that he's going to have to work on at the high school level. You and I both saw he played inside. He was able to just overwhelm Mm -hmm. almost everybody that he played with, with good technique, but incredible athleticism. He's incredibly strong. He's explosive. The way that he could just bull rush interior or exterior offensive linemen was both super appealing and also somewhat like, 
damaging to my heart as an offensive lineman because <laughs> I know the pain that those guys are feeling and the helplessness. Sure. And I want to reach out to them and just say, hey, you're going to be okay. <laughs> that, you're never going to be better than him, but yeah. you're going to be okay. You'll be okay. You know, and that, that's the truth of the matter. You're right. That there's, there's just those type of guys that they're so good. And I really think he is going to have be one of those quote unquote potential breakout guys in 2021 this coming fall, because you just see it. You can see it from that young man. And it just seems like it's just a matter of time uh, before he ultimately achieves what Utah sees in him. I think the biggest thing that fans look like look at is they want to see your immediate production. And so probably didn't see a ton of that. Didn't hear his name called a ton last year. And so your immediate thought is, well, what's the matter? Yeah. Nothing's the matter. What he's learning is that his athleticism is now somewhat matched at that level. And so the technique needs to catch up. We saw him a lot of times go really wide when he would throw his punch. And so you've got to get that nice and narrow on the inside, be a little bit quicker, be a little bit more technical in how you're shooting your hands, the angle that you're shooting him at, where you're shooting him at, at the player, because these are not high school offensive linemen anymore. But the good news is that he got a five game stretch where he really got a fire hose dose of what it's going to take. And now he'll be able to work on that and really hone and refine his craft all through spring ball. Absolutely. Uh, two other guys I want to get your take on here, Brian. Uh, they're both guys that I think have the opportunity to really establish themselves this year. One is Miki Sugaturaga. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The kid from Hawaii, as well as Junior Tafuna, a kid who's here from here locally, Bingham High School product. I watched Junior play similar to what I watched Van Fillinger, and he was lights out. I know of Miki, his reputation coming from the islands. Both of them Great size. Uh, Tsuga Taraga, six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds. Tafuna, six foot three, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. So they're both, it looks like, ready, ready made to step in and contribute right away. Yeah, and, and Miki is is a guy that has has gained some weight at the University of Utah, and I think that gives them a nice option there to where he's just got those long arms. He's very explosive off the ball. He's uh, another Hawaii product. And we've seen that Utah's had a good success rate with that. Yeah. Miki Tafua, Bradley Anai, now Miki. Uh, Junior is a little bit of a different story, I think, simply because he's returned from a mission last year. So he's, he's getting back into it, getting his legs underneath him. He's also playing a new position because mostly in high school, he played outside linebacker. But it's the tools that he has. He has that twitch ability when when he needs to close mm-hmm. and has got these long arms and, and he just explodes on his tackles and he has a nose for the football. And all those things are going to really help him a lot as he transitions to the defensive end aspect. What What he'll need to do is he'll need to learn to play with Ben. And when we talk about that, what it is is it's – if you watch Von, Von Miller, for example, and, and that's probably given his current situation, not the best example in terms of the off the field stuff, but on the field, the way he's built with a little stubbier legs and kind of a longer torso, mm-hmm. it allows him to almost levitate <laughs> horizontally as he's getting around the corner. And so that's what defensive ends really have to work is they have to work on being able to bend, but still keeping balance. And so that's what he'll, he's been working on and that's what he'll work on going forward. And, and once he does start to really get the hang of that, you'll see him play a lot more. Where I think Junior can also be a really big impact player is, is in the run stopping. I think that with the number of teams that play a lot of, oh, Washington, uh, Oregon, I think USC to a degree, where, where they're pulling a lot and, and using, well, I guess USC not anymore, but 
back in I'm the still, day. Yeah. Yeah. Back when they actually had a run game. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Arizona does. For example, I, I think they'll probably go back to a little bit more of a power system, uh, that you want those good stout guys who can hold the line and force the action inside. And I think that's where junior can really work onto the field and see some time. Um, Mickey is kind of the same way, but uh, you know, I think the biggest need or the biggest projection that fans have is for that elite edge rusher. Right. Sure. And I think the guy that we're going to talk about next probably has the most potential out of this group if you can put some weight on in the offseason, right? Yeah, and that's Tyler Weegis. Uh, and I remember looking at the, the roster and seeing his name and I, where he's from. I've got a family connection to the area of Orange County where he is from. And you sent me a link right before we push record on this and said, Jake, I need you to watch about 60 seconds of this kid's highlight reel from Huddle. And I yelped, essentially, after the second play. <laughs> This is a kid who absolutely gets after it. You mentioned the fact he does need to gain weight. He's listed at six foot six, two hundred and five pounds, so extremely light for a defensive end, especially in the system that Utah plays. But man, can this young man really bring it off the edge? And and he's really elite with how he uses his hands, even at the high school level. He's got good twitch, meaning that he can really get to the spot that he needs to get to quickly. He's very explosive. Uh, we used to joke on the Ute Zone block cast that I hated Tyler Huntley. Tyler, we just hates punters. Okay. You can see it right off, right off the bat on his huddle tape. Uh, but but he is an aggressive player, but he plays smart, and he works angles, as you pointed out when we were watching the film a little bit. And I think he's the kind of guy that you can bring in in those third and long situations and say, hey, this is your chance. Speed in there. Get around that corner. Work your angles like you do so well. And, and, and get us a movement. And, and being 6'6 with those long arms, it gives him an advantage because he can either get inside on the offensive lineman first, which is in, in pass protection, that's almost always the key. Yep. And then, or you can get those hands off of you, right? And you can create separation between yourself and the offensive lineman, which gives you space to work. I, I tell people all the time, the biggest thing that you want to do in football is have space. Either a defensive end wants to have space to get around the offensive lineman. The offensive lineman wants to create the right kind of space to give themselves, you know, an area to react and respond as the defensive end starts to move. And so that will be the key part for Tyler. And a lot of these young guys is developing that initial move and then your counter move to make sure that you can get on the field. But I think his explosion and his length make him a really tantalizing prospect to be an off the edge guy. Absolutely. Uh, one final guy real quick, Brian. I know we're running out of time here. Blake Keithy. I think a lot of people uh, wonder what he can contribute. Funny enough, if I recall correctly, he actually was the more highly rated of the twin brothers when they signed with Utah. Brant's become an NFL prospect at tight end. He's blossomed. He's been absolutely fantastic. But Blake Keithy was more highly thought of coming out of high school. What can Utah fans expect from him? You're 100% spot on. Blake was, was the one that was the more coveted prospect and Brant was kind of a, well, we're not really sure what he plays. And I guess that doesn't matter because he just, he (laughs) scores and that's really all you need him to do. He plays a variety of positions now, Uh, has had some injury stuff that he's had to work through. So just any time that he got this season was, was a huge victory, but to see him get two tackles and a forced fumble against Washington state after getting the start in that game, I thought was just a great story and a great opportunity. Uh, I'm curious to see how much his body will hold up because I don't think that a full season is is necessarily in the cards, but if you can get him some rotational breaks and if you can get, you know, 
Mika Tafua and Max Tupai or whoever else decides is at the other opposite end of of the of Mika, if you can get them some breathers with some reliable players like Blake, then that just gives you an advantage and an edge going into the fourth quarter. And that's been the advantage of Sac Lake City almost since the whole thing has just exploded is that they've had a pass rush in the fourth quarter. They've been able to shut teams down. We saw two years ago when JT Daniels was on the field and Chase Hansen just made his night miserable. I, I, I'm sure that JT Daniels is down there in the SEC talking about, yeah, this is rough, but you should have seen this night I had in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you want is you want to have some depth and some guys who can do this. I, I The injury that Blake sustained to his knee is, is pretty severe. And the fact that he's even on the field is just an absolute testament to him and his hard work and his ability to persevere. Uh, but I think he can also be a very reliable, maybe Christian Cox-esque player okay. where he can give you some breathers throughout the game and, and give you some spells. And who knows, maybe his body responds this offseason now that he's healthy still for a continuous amount of time and he can get some of that explosion back. And if he, if you get that out of him, now you've got some real weapons and now you have to start considering is Devin Kafusi better off at defensive end or are we better off putting him at defensive tackle? Same with Mickey Sugaturaga. And and how do we use all these other guys in maybe different and varied roles to where we can get him on the field and get him some experience? Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be very interesting. I, I, I'm excited for this defensive end unit. I think there's a lot of bodies there, a lot of talent. It's just a matter of finding the right combinations, as you said, Brian. And we'll be tracking that as spring ball gets closer, obviously. Summer workouts on into training camp ahead of this coming season and looking forward to that. We'll continue on with these player review previews as we're calling them with all the different position groups. We'll have that all covered for you. Uh, coming up as we round out a Tuesday edition of the show, we'll run down some of the other news and notes involved. Utah athletics we need to touch on we'll get to that here in just a moment before we do that though Brian uh, you mentioned this to me yesterday you were very thankful for the brand new wiper blade you got courtesy of rock auto this past weekend huh it was twofold man I was walking around the store and I looked at the price of them in there and I was like holy cow I can't even I can't even tell you on there how much cheaper it was going through rock auto because I think there's a law against that they call it was it grand theft <laughs> Probably there's no doubt about that. The biggest part about it was snow on Monday morning, flip on the wipers. My windshield is clean when I'm ready to back out. No, no issues there. It, it made my car safer. It makes me more comfortable when I'm driving. There's no reason to wait on fixing the things with your auto, especially when you can go to rock auto and get the right part the first time. Every time one of my coworkers at my day job, has a window that's stuck halfway down because he's now ordered the same part three times and they've shipped him the wrong part all three times. Holy smoke. So guess who he didn't go through, Jake? RockAuto.com. That's obvious right there. The best part about Rock Auto, Brian, is like you said, the markup. You can say, why pay 30, 50, maybe even 100% more by going to one of the chain stores or going to a dealership? The best part about Rock Auto, it's shipped directly to your door. You don't have to do anything. You can get off your couch, go to your door, and your parts are right there. It's a fantastic way to go about taking care of your vehicle. Wanted to encourage you guys to go check them out at RockAuto.com. It's a family owned company working online for the past 20 years so you can trust them and while you're there when you go to rockauto.com make sure to mention locked on and the how did you hear about us box that way they know that we sent you and we can't encourage you guys enough check them out amazing selection reliably low pricing all of the parts your car truck or suv will ever need that's our good friends at rockauto.com 
Brian, it is that time of the podcast, our favorite time of the podcast. We, we like talking about Utah defensive ends. Let's be clear about that. But when we get a chance to talk about Bilt Bar, that's when it's really, really fun. Jake, I've been working on my technique with my Bilt Bar unwrapping. I've, I've been trying a couple different methods. I've done the half wrap where I keep half the bar open so I can really savor and enjoy it. Because the problem is Bilt Bar is so delicious that I just want to stick the entire thing in my mouth and eat it all at once. I've also worked on the, the light open at the top and sliding the bar out to make it appear like a delicacy because sure. it really is. We always talk about how delicious they are. But the other part of it is that they are incredibly healthy for you. Yeah, low sugar, low calories, high protein, high fiber. They are the perfect complement wherever you're at in your life's health journey. Whether you're trying to shed weight, maintain your weight, they're also the perfect complement for the keto diet. We cannot encourage you guys enough to give them an opportunity. 18 different delicious flavors, both nut and non-nut flavored. I Man, I can't gloat about these bars enough. Brian, I think you're the exact same way. We absolutely love them. And right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com, place that order, use the promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off the best-tasting protein bars on the market. All right, Brian, rounding out a Tuesday edition here on the podcast. And we, uh, women's soccer from the University of Utah announced their spring schedule. Obviously, this is a sport that normally plays in the fall. COVID-19 pushed them to the spring. Uh, they announced their schedule. And my favorite part about this, I saw this from some of the other local teams here in the state of Utah, Weber State, BYU among them. Well, they're going to be taking advantage of a unique opportunity where they're actually going to be playing at the Zions Bank Training Center, which is the RSL Academy indoor facility, to kind of get out of the elements in the early part of this season. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for them to play in a really elite facility and how lucky we are to have it here in the great state of Utah. Uh, when I was with the Salt Lake Stallions, they were able to practice there yep. early on in the same situation. And I think it will give them the advantage that they need in terms of being able to have a level playing field as they're out there. It's, it's built for soccer as well. And that that's a really advantageous thing to have. Um, but this is a team that I think as we look at uh, coming into this spring schedule, that's a little bit, should we say uh, truncated maybe? It will be truncated. It's mainly a conference schedule, Pac-12 action. There are some in-state uh, matchups. You'll be facing off against BYU to open the season on Saturday, February 6th, a week from this Saturday. That will be at the RSL Indoor Facility. Uh, the following weekend, uh, they will play a pair of games, beginning with a road game at Dixie State, before returning to Harriman in the Zions Bank Training Center to take on Weber State. And then after that, that's when Pac-12 play takes off for the Utes. And it will be a truncated schedule schedule but my fingers are crossed for this Brian with all these sports that have been traditionally played in the fall I hope they get a full season in this spring I hope that COVID uh, just doesn't hit them and they're able to play their seasons because they've been waiting a long time to get back into action they have and they deserve the opportunity to compete like just like all the other fall sports that are they're going on right now we've seen that Utah women's volleyball took strong advantage of that opportunity by sweeping over the weekend. And I think this soccer team is poised to have some success this year. Uh, they, they've been chomping at the bit all year, right, yep. to, to, to get back into it. And so you have to think that with an opportunity to play a rival in the very first game there at, at what is going to technically be their home field, it'll be televised on BYU TV. 
that's a great way to start the year. And I think it gives them something to look forward to, uh, especially as they're out there training right now and trying to get ready. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, We'll be tracking them along with all the other Utah sports teams. As we said in the open, this is going to be your one-stop shop for all things Utah Utes, and make sure to join us each and every day. All right, Brian, you get the final word. What do you got for our listeners here? Jake, we're getting closer. Spring ball is almost here. You're not going to have to endure basketball forever from us. We'll get to the nuts and bolts of the football coming around the corner but we also want to try and mix it up as much as possible. If you have things that you want to learn about, if you have topics, feel free to reach out to us. We love the interaction and, and we want to cater this as much as we can to, to you and your curiosities, because that's really what we're here is to cover the entire scope of Utah athletics. Yeah. So reach out to Brian at Brown bear SLC, myself at Jacob C hatch. The podcast has its own Twitter feed at locked on Utes, or feel free to reach out via email. Locked on Utes at gmail.com is the email address there for Brian. I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your day. Whenever you hear this, this has been the locked on Utes podcast for January 26, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.